Welcome to Radiate Church Online. We are so excited about what God is doing here at Radiate Church in Elgin, South Carolina. If you have a story that you would want to share about the impact that God has had on your life, you can share that story at youmatter@radiatechurch.net. Also, if you'd like to give, you can give by going to radiatechurch.net or you can give to our ministry by app. Now, let's prepare our hearts for a powerful message from God. Come on, who's excited this morning to get things rolling today? Come on. Man, I'm pumped. I am so excited about this series. I'm telling you, it is going to be an amazing time. You go ahead and open and, and turn in or on your Bibles today. Uh, we're, the first scripture we're really going to hit is in 1 Corinthians. So you can turn there and you may want to just take notes and write stuff down. But man, I am pumped about being here today. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Come on, say, I'm ready. We got to get vocal. We got to get excited. Look at another other neighbor and say, you need to get ready. Yeah, you need to get ready. Some of you need to be like, you need a tic-tac, but other than that, you know, we, we good. No, I'm so, I'm so pumped about this series. We just came out of an amazing series called All In, and, and God has been doing some great things. And I just really wanted to jump into this series over the next three weeks called The Secret Weapon. And, and the reason is, is because uh, I believe there's something available to each and every one of us that is a secret weapon to catapult the trajectory of our lives into a greater realm than we ever thought possible, but we overlook it every single day. I believe there's something available to each and every one of us that... Honestly, if we're honest, whenever I start talking about it, you're going to get a little tense and anxious and freaked out a little bit because of past experiences and things like that. But there's, there's someone, there's something that is a secret weapon in our lives that if you really want to accomplish something and be something and you really want to chase God with everything you have, you can't ignore the secret weapon because if you do, then you'll never get there. I think back to, uh, I watch a lot of football. We got any football fans in the house today? Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? We're in SEC country. All the ACC fans are like, no, we're not. But that's all right. We're in football country down here. And, and the truth is, is that when you get a dual uh, uh, character quarterback, so you get a quarterback that can throw well, run well, catch well, all that stuff, they call him a secret weapon because you don't really know what he's going to do. He could just veer out and become a wide receiver at the last second, and then you've got to account for that, and it messes the defenses up. You, he could throw it 80 yards down the field to a wide open wide receiver for a touchdown. All these things is a secret weapon. And, and most of us, I'm just telling you, every one of us in the room today has a secret weapon available to each and every one of us that can do multiple things in our lives. But it's not dependent on him. It's dependent on you and the acceptance and the, and the, and the exhibition and, and just looking at God and going, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready for this. And so I want to talk to you over the next three weeks over this series, over this uh, topic, the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit because most of us are okay with God the Father. We're like, yeah, I'm good with God the Father. He loves me. You know, he's great. He, he, he gave me life. And then we're like, I'm good with God the Son, right? The, 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 the second part of the Trinity, the Son. He's redemptive and he forgives me and he's given me his life. Like, you know, it's crazy. But then you start talking about God the Holy Spirit. And we're like, hold up. That guy's weird. And it's not that the Holy Spirit's weird. It's that we have weird people that have exhibited him in ways that make him seem weird anybody come on guys you know like y'all are like I don't know if I should agree with that it's true we all I grew up in that era where it's like the Holy Spirit man when you talk about the Holy Spirit like that, that's just weird like all these weird things start happening can I tell you something the Holy Spirit is not weird he's powerful 
The Holy Spirit is empowering. The Holy Spirit does things that we only dream of and he allows us to. And so I want to take the next three weeks, and I'm telling you, you don't want to miss the next two weeks after this week. And here's why. It's because all three weeks build on each other. Like my three points are the three weeks of the message. And, and you don't want to miss it because if you miss it, you're going to miss something powerful, right? If you're listening to this and you're watching this, I want to tell you, don't miss the next two weeks. Like it's going to be crazy good because there's something that's going to awaken in us that's going to change a power within us and ignite something in us. And we're going to see things that we've only prayed for. And we're going to believe things that, for things that we've only dreamed of because of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, because a secret weapon will become in us. And here's the thing, like, a lot of people don't understand that the Holy Spirit is actually God the Father and God the Son, because a lot of people are like, I, I've heard the talk of the Trinity, but I don't get how it can be the same person, uh, uh, but it's different people, it's different avenues. Let me, let me give you like this, right? So every Sunday I, I come in and uh, my, there's a gentleman that is so kind that uh, one of the ways he honors me is he, he makes sure that I have snacks and Twinkies and literally and uh, bang energy drinks. And no, he makes sure I have uh, drinks and snacks in my green room right back there as I'm studying and preparing and trying to focus in and all those things. I, I, I have a plethora of things, right? And, and he makes sure that I actually have, he, he, he used to ask my wife, like, what kind of water does he like? And I'm like, I didn't know I was that bougie, but okay. And, and so there's a certain water, and he makes sure I've got that kind of water, right? And, and, and here's the thing. Like, if you wanted a cold drink, but the drink was sitting out on the counter for a while, but you wanted it colder, what would you put in the glass before you poured the liquid in there? Ice, right? Because it makes things cold. But what is ice? Water. And then at my house, like... Because we're holy and we're healthy and all that stuff. We have the essential oils diffuser. It's always running and it smells like a tropical rainforest at all times. Right? And, and, and so we have this diffuser. And in order for the diffuser to work, I have to put something in there for it to turn to steam. And what do I have to put in there? Water. 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 Wait a second, though. I thought there could only be one thing that it is. No, water, ice, and steam is the exact same thing, yet it's three different forms of the same thing. It's the same thing with the Trinity. We're looking and we're going, hey, that's a liquid, right? Water is liquid, water, uh, ice is solid, and steam is a gas, yet all three are the exact same thing, just in different forms. Can I tell you, that's the same thing with the Trinity. It is the exact same thing. It is God. They are God. They are God in different forms. It's all the same thing. And, and the Trinity has always been around. Like the Holy Spirit's always been around. Some people have a wrong theology to think that the Holy Spirit is this New Testament being that showed up uh, after Jesus was crucified. But that's not true. The Holy Spirit's been around the entire time. All you got to do is turn to the first page of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. And you see right there in verse 2 where it says that the Spirit was hovering over the void. Before the creation of the world was ever even done, the Spirit was around. You know what I'm saying? And then... There's something that takes place in a conversation when God is creating man and woman. You know what he's doing? He looks and he says, let us create man in our image. In other words, he's, us and our are plural forms of me. And so he's going, hey, there's more than one of me. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All three are here. And because of that, let us, all three of us, create man in our, all three of us, image. And so there's an image you bear of the Holy Spirit. There's an image you bear of the, 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 the God the Son. And there's an image you bear of God the Father. And so it's been around. In fact, uh, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is what empowered Joseph to interpret dreams. 
It's what empowered the prophets to give prophetic revelation to kings and, and kingdoms and do all these things. It's what empowered the prophet Isaiah to give us a, a, a precursor, I guess, or a, a preview of Jesus coming and redeeming the world. Right? The Holy Spirit empowered all of that. In Matthew chapter 3, you see where uh, in verses 3, uh, 13 through 17, I'm sorry, Matthew 3, 13 through 17, you see all three portions of the Trinity show up at the same time. It's one of the main times that you see it happen. Jesus goes to John the Baptist. He knows that he's about to begin his ministry on earth. And he looks at John the Baptist and he says this. He says, John, I need you to baptize me. And John looks back at him and he's like, wait a second. You are God the Son. You are the Redeemer. You are the Savior of the universe. You need to baptize me. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. To fulfill the prophetic revelation given by the Spirit of God, I need you to baptize me. He goes under the water. He comes back up. So there's God the Son, Jesus. He comes back up. It says when he comes up, the heavens open up and a voice is speaking. And it's the Lord. God the Father speaks acceptance over what's happening in the moment. And then a dove descends from the earth to rest on Jesus in the form of the Holy Spirit. So you see God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit right there all in one. And so the Trinity is available, but yet we live in this time, if I'm going to be honest with you, in our world today to where we would rather serve two-thirds of the Trinity rather than the entire thing. I'm okay with the forgiveness of Jesus, and I'm okay with the love of my Father, but I'm not okay with the power of the Holy Spirit because for some reason He freaks me out. And I want to tell you something today, that is probably part of the reason, most of the reason, that a lot of our prayers, a lot of our worship, a lot of our singing, a lot of our declarations are powerless because we're doing them in the presence of our flesh rather than in the presence of the Spirit. We don't have the Spirit welling up inside of us to do something. We're just going, if I shout loud enough, people will get excited, right? Or scared, either one. Or if I do this, or if I do that, and it's all in our flesh, and then we want to go, where's the power? That's why some of us, and I'm not picking on anything, but that's why some of us go, I'm just going to stand here and rock back and forth and worship rather than exhibit any kind of excitement because there's no power in what we're singing. We're just singing to get through the portion of the service. Are you with me? I hear this excuse sometimes. Well, that's just my personality. I've watched you watch football. It's not your personality, it's what are you passionate about. The Spirit of God causes a passion to rise up within us to where we'll say no to certain things, we'll say yes to certain things. We exhibit the excitement that's within us, and what excites us we show. People ask me sometimes, Pastor, why do you jump during worship? Why do you shout so much? Do you know why I shout? Do you know why I jump? Because I'm passionate about what's on the inside that's rising up in me, and I believe whenever it gets hot enough, I can't keep it inside. It's like this, right? Go home and put a pan in the oven for about 10 minutes and grab the pan with your bare hands when you get out. Yeah, exactly. Nope, not going to do it. You know why? Because externally you would exhibit something to show what's happening. Most of us don't want to exhibit anything externally of what's happening internally because of what everybody else would think. Because they might think I'm one of those crazy spirit people. Yes, be a crazy spirit person. The spirit's not weird. We make him weird. Stop making him weird and just let him be empowering. Let him be powerful. Let him be equipping. I want to I show you kind of like this, right? And so uh, the presence is kind of like this. This is what most of us do. We'll pray this prayer. And um, we'll pray this prayer. And, and, and we'll give our lives to Jesus. And we start. And then here's what we do. We, we go, all right, I'm starting this life with Jesus. We put our foot on this scooter of life. And we start kind of just going where we go, right? And so we start. I'm about busting my tail right there. And so we start doing this whole thing. And we're just kind of riding around through life. And we're hoping that things are good, right? But good grief, that was almost painful. Um, 
That would have been a good viral clip. But here's what we're doing like most of the time. We can do this for so long. And then if I do this long enough up here, guess what? I'm going to get tired. You know why? Because this takes a lot of energy. Especially with one hand. It takes a lot of energy to scoot this thing along and figure this thing out. And most of us want to go through life and we're like, I can make this happen if I pray hard enough and if I give enough money and if I do this and if I do that, if I get enough recognition and if, if the pastor teaches deep enough and these things happen, then all this stuff happens and I can scoot through life on my own and I can do this stuff right here. And by the time we get tired, we're like, man, I can't do this anymore. I need a break. I need a, I'm burning out. I'm burning out. And most of the time it's because we're scooting through life. But most of the time, here's what happens. Like, I think God is going, stop scooting around. Get off the scooter. Because which one gives you more power? I can go a little bit of, of distance with a lot of energy on a scooter. But man, I can go a far distance with a little bit of energy through a motorcycle. <laughs> Baby, this looks good on me. I'm just saying, like... This may be the Spirit speaking in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just, I look like I should ride a motorcycle. Y'all like, man, you're too small. You can't hold that thing up. Dynamite comes in small packages. Y'all leave me alone. But if I want to go to the grocery store, I'm not going to jump on a scooter to go there. Because that would take too much energy. I'd work up a sweat. I'd get out of breath. I'd be tired. You know, even though the, the scooter's got LED lights on the back of it. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. We'd jump on something like this. We'd crank it up. We'd get that thing going, right? We'd put it in gear, and we'd let the engine push us where we need to go. But in our spiritual life, we're like, no, I don't need the engine to push me. I'll do it myself. I'll try to earn everything on my own. I'll try to scoot around where I need to go. Hey, if I put enough LED lights on it by serving enough, if I put enough LED lights on it by posting on my Instagram and making it look right... You know, if I put enough LED lights on it to make it look good, maybe people will think that the engine's pushing me, but it's not. And then we want to go, I'm so tired. I don't know why I'm so tired all the time. I don't know why in my spirit I'm tired. I don't know why I'm, I'm burnt out and serving. It's because I'm trying to scoot through life and through my spiritual progress when God's going, you're walking by an engine. You're walking by something that's powerful that'll take you way further than you ever thought you could go. That'll do it way faster than you ever thought you could. And it'll do things that you never thought you could do. You walk by it every day in the garage of your life. And God's going, just crank the thing up. Hop on, let's go, this is a ride. And, and, and I get, oh, that was about bad. I get frustrated when people think a Christian life is boring. Do you know when a Christian life is boring? When this is what I'm doing all the time. Because I'm too tired to take a step of faith. I'm too tired to do something of significance. I'm too tired to give generously. I'm too tired. <laughs> I'm too tired to do outreach. I'm too tired to pray. In fact, I'm too tired to love you, so I'm just going to be offended by you. All these things, right? I'm too tired from doing this, and God's going, stop. The Christian life is fun. It's not even hard. Just get on the Harley and let's go. Anybody with me today? And so my goal, my goal over the next three weeks is that we would put this in the corner of the garage of our lives, let it collect dust, and get on something that's more powerful. Stop riding the stinking scooter of your life everywhere you go. Get on something that God's already given you the keys to. Living a life with God the Father and God the Son, but not the God the Holy Spirit, is like looking at somebody and going, hey, I bought you a Harley, but I'm not giving you the keys. 
If I looked and I was like, hey, I'm going to take that motorcycle right there, but don't give me the keys. I don't need the keys. You'd look at me and be like, you are dumb. Why? Why not give you the keys? Because the keys is what cranks it up and gets it going. Man, most of us are living this life to where we're redeemed, we're forgiven, we're loved, we're empowered, but the Holy Spirit is the key that we're leaving on the key rack, and we won't crank it up because we're afraid of what other people might say. And He's within us. And He's here to say this to us, like, move forward. Move forward with power, move forward with confidence, move forward with, with, with dignity, with righteousness, and with the Spirit of God. And I want to I give you three things today, and all three things. Listen, I'm going to teach more on, thing, on, on point one than two and three, because two and three are actually the next two weeks. And I, I just want to give you three quick things today about the Holy Spirit that we've got to understand. Because one of the things that makes me more mad and I get the most passionate about is I get so sick and tired of watching people live at the same mediocre moment of their life, their entire life. I've always dealt with this, and I don't like it. Well, then do something about it. I, I just have always been negative, and I just speak my mind, and I am who I am. Stop being that then, because that ain't what God called you to be. God didn't call you to be negative and hateful and mean and hurtful to everybody you come along with. God didn't call you to be uh, dishonoring. God didn't, God didn't call you to be ugly to every person you don't agree with. God called you to be loving. He called you to be an image bearer of him. God called you to be somebody that is powered by a power, by a motor that is not within you because within your flesh, you can't say no to things you should say no to. But in your spirit, God goes, hey, I got this. Let's go. Because I'm going somewhere greater. I'm going somewhere faster and I don't have time to stop at your rest stop of indulgence of things that I shouldn't be in. Anybody with me today? Three quick things we need to know. The first one is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. I want you to hear the words that is spoken in these verses right here. It says this, For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. He searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men know the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Don't, isn't it really encouraging to know that God freely gives us wisdom from him? God freely gives us a power. God goes, hey, you've submitted your life to me, and now because of that, I'm freely giving you wisdom and knowledge and understanding and power and love. Freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Verse 14, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually Appraised. The first thing we have to know about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit connects us to God. The Holy Spirit grounds or connects us to God. He is God. He is the teaching of God. He is the character of God. It says he studies and knows the depths of God. Wouldn't it make sense that if I want to draw closer to God, I probably need to be in a place that know, or with someone that knows what he knows? The Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God, the ways of God, the teachings of God. Verse 12 clearly states to us that we will never be able to dive deep into the life of God without the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you this? Listen. It says this, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that, 
Hear that. So that we don't see, we don't get the spirit of the world. We get the spirit of God because he wants us to know the things freely given to us by God. I hear all the time, what do I need to do to grow closer to God? I've, I've been living with God. I've, I gave him my life 17 years ago, and I just feel like I still know the same things I've always known. Do you know why? Hear me, this isn't uh, uh, vindicating anybody. This is just true. The truth is, most of the times, it's because the Spirit hasn't activated within us. It's not that you don't have access. It's that we haven't activated him because most of us, through upbringing or whatever it may be, maybe it's just lack of knowledge and understanding, but we turn a cap like it's a gas tank on the Spirit of God and go, hey, if you could just not show up because I don't want to freak anybody out. And he says this. Here's what, verse 12, man, it's so clear. It says, I've given you the Spirit of God so that you will know the things that God has given you. Do you know why most of us never walk in true freedom that God has given us? It's not because we don't want to. It's not because we're tired of it. It's not because of all that. Here's why. It's because the Spirit of God has not been activated in us to get us to declare and understand that I can stand holy on the throne of God and in the blood of Jesus. And I have been given freedom and I've been given righteousness. I've been given grace and I've been given love. I can pray for healing because the Spirit is healing. I can pray for freedom because the Spirit is freedom. I can pray for all of that through the things of God because of the Spirit of God. Are you with me today? He says you can't fully understand. Then verse 14, I love this. Uh, verse 14, a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit for their foolishness to him. Can I tell you, if we reject things of the Spirit of God, we are not walking in the Spirit of God. When we look and we go, this, I know this is in the Bible, and I know it's real, and I can't, some people will go, well, some of the Spirit just isn't real today. Well, you can't look at me and say this portion of the Bible is real and that portion's not. This portion still holds true today, but that portion doesn't. You can't say those things. And I can't look and go, hey, I'm going to reject that part because I don't understand it. You know what the Bible says? That's foolishness. That means I'm not walking in the spirit. I'm walking in the flesh. In fact, verse 14 basically says this. We can't understand the things of the kingdom unless we're in the spirit. The spirit has to live in me to understand the kingdom of God. Here's what people will ask me a lot of times, and it's a great question. Pastor, how do I understand the Bible? A practical thing is get a Bible you can understand. Get a version that you can understand and that you can read and make sense, right? But then the other part is there's some of it. Hear me. This is biblical. Some of it you will never fully understand until the Spirit activates it into your life. Many of us, I, I see it all the time, people will go and get filled up on information information from our favorite celebrity preachers that we'll share all over Facebook, you know, all this other stuff, and we'll do these things. Our pastor's preaching good stuff, but I'm going to share this guy, and I'm full on information, and I'm doing all this stuff, right? And I don't really care about that, but I'm just saying. We'll get full on information, and then we'll go, you know, I know more than they do. Information is nothing without the activation of the Spirit. The wisdom of the kingdom comes from activation of the knowledge that he's given us. It doesn't mean no good to know a bunch of useless stuff until the Spirit goes, hey, I'm going to activate that in your life. And how do you know it's activated? Things begin to change. Scripture should not be memorized, and it doesn't change your life. Anybody in the room? Scripture should never be memorized, declared, or said without it changing your life. Because when the Spirit activates it, it changes something. It causes something to shift. It causes something to change every place that we go. Romans chapter 8 Verses 8 and 9. This good? This helping anybody? Verses 8 and 9 of Romans chapter 8 says this. And those who are in the flesh, hear this, such convicting verses. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9. 
However, you are not in the flesh. Praise God, we are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Hear me today. The religion will teach us that we have to earn God's acceptance based on merit. We have to earn God's acceptance based on how much we pray, how much we give, how much we do, how much we serve, how much we post on Instagram so people like it, how much we do this and how much all this stuff happens. And then the truth of the matter is religion will go, you have to earn God's acceptance. Can I tell you, you can't earn God's acceptance. You just walk into God's acceptance. You accept God's acceptance. You accept his love and his grace and his mercy. He's already given it to you. But when you're in the flesh, it's like, let me earn all of this. And, that, and then we're not living by the power of the Spirit. That's whenever we're still doing this number. Oh, man, let me walk. I'm about to fall. Let me, walk, let me just ride around my life like this right here. If I pray enough, people are mad at me. I must have not have gave enough last week. People, this is happening to me. Maybe I don't pray enough. This is happening to me. Maybe I need to worship louder. All those things. And maybe those things are true. But if I'm doing it for merit rather than obedience and excitement, I'm doing it out of the flesh, not out of the Spirit. And the, and the truth is, he goes, hey, it's not about, he says, if you don't have the Spirit of God, you can't please God. Hear that. Some of you, that ought to set you free today. To go, okay, it's not dependent on me. It's dependent on me following the Spirit. Some of you have been so stressed out about things happening in your life because you're worried about how your flesh is going to make it happen. And God's going, I don't need your flesh to make it happen. I need you to sit on the seat of the Spirit of God and let me make something happen. Stop stressing about what you're going to do. If I called you to it, I'll bring you through it and I'll get you to something greater on the other side. Let the Spirit do something in your life. Stop trying to make it happen on your own accord. Come on, somebody. He said, without the Spirit of God, you cannot please God. Why? Because I'm just in my flesh trying to earn a merit. I'm trying to check things off. Well, 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 the Bible says I shouldn't do this, this, and this, but it's really hard for me to say no. Then stop saying no in your flesh and start letting your Spirit speak for you. Which leads me to number two. Number two is found in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, and then verse 26. I'm not going to go real long on this because we're hitting this one next week. But John chapter uh, 14, 16, and 17, and then jump over to verse 26, says this. I will ask the Father, this is Jesus, and he will give you another helper. Then he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, but it does not see him or know him, but you, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. The Spirit's there. Some of you are like, i, I got to pray for the Holy Spirit to show up in my life. No, you got to pray that you take the cap off of him. He's already there. He's abiding in you. He's abiding with you today. Verse 26 says this, But the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. The second thing we have to know about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit helps us walk in righteousness. The Holy Spirit helps us walk in righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? That's a churchy term. That's a Christian term. I don't know what it means. Righteousness is just this, the act of becoming right in God's eyes. Hear me. Okay, so that means i got to become perfect. No. It's the act of becoming right. That means it is a present day term that means that we always work at it. And the Holy Spirit is the helper to help us get there. You know that voice that when you're doing something that you really know you shouldn't do? It's like, hey, quit being a jerk to your wife. You know what the Spirit tells me sometimes? He says this, and I'm just being honest. He says this, shut up. 
Y'all like, God doesn't say that. He does to me. Maybe it's because I'm hard-headed and that's all the un- I can understand. Quit talking right now. That's the Holy Spirit going, I'm going to help you be right in this situation. And sometimes the greatest way to be right is not to say anything at all. When Jesus was being led like a lamb to the slaughter, it says he kept his mouth shut and didn't say a word. Why? Because in the long run, he was going to be proved right. Sometimes we are more worried about the retribution that we have on social media than we are the righteousness of the Spirit of God within us. Sometimes we just need to be quiet and let God do his work. It ain't in my flesh, it's in his spirit. It's, it's the righteousness. It's God going, it's the Holy Spirit going, hey, that right there, I know you really want to indulge in that tonight, but you shouldn't because you're growing closer to me. And because you're growing closer to me, you're going to have to say no to some things that you used to enjoy, but I'll give you things that you'll enjoy even more. Oh, well, I, I don't know that. And then you're doing it and you got this heavy weight on you. And that's the Holy Spirit going, I told you not to do that. <laughs> right? It's not that he's being mean. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit doesn't, isn't mean to us because he doesn't want us to enjoy something. The Holy Spirit is trying to help us become righteous. He's trying to help us have a life. We're going to talk more about this next week. To have a life that people want to pick the fruit from and go, man, God is good. God is good. You know what I'm saying? Like He helps us become right. It says that he will help us remember all the things that Jesus taught. That's whenever I'm in a situation to where I want to dishonor somebody. And I'm like, I really don't like that decision. I really don't like him right now. He doesn't do this, and I should have done it this way, and blah, 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 blah. And we want to show dishonor, and the Spirit's like, hey, remember in the Bible where it says to show honor to positions of authority? Yeah, you should probably do that right now. Yeah, but God, I don't like this person. I didn't ask if you liked them. I said to honor the position, not the person. See the difference? Hey, they did me wrong, God. I'm going I'm, to I'm, I'm tell you what I'm going to do right now. No, you need to be quiet. God, my spouse really ticked me off. And Yeah, I know. You told her that like seven days last week. She's still carrying the weight of one thing she said that was wrong to you. How about you go and apologize? But I don't want to. I didn't ask that. It's just righteousness. You hear me today? He helps us become righteous. We'll never achieve full perfection until we get to the presence of God in the kingdom in eternity. But I can live a righteous life today. I can live in a place to where the Spirit is walking with me. And then the, the last part, the, the last point today is found in Acts chapter 1. And the, and the funny thing is, this is right. Today is the birthday of the church. Today is the day where we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Some people are like, what does that mean? Does that mean when the Pentecostal Holiness Church was founded? No, 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 no. That is when the church in general was founded. Acts chapter 2 was the Feast of Pentecost. It was a celebration of Pentecost. And we celebrate that today as the birthday of the church. But Acts chapter 1, in verse 8, Jesus is talking before the birthday of the church ever comes. And he's telling them what's about to happen in their life. And it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. The third part we have to know, and this is week three of our series. The third part we have to know is the Holy Spirit empowers us. Empowers us. How many of you know I can do more on this? A Harley Davidson with a ton of horsepower, 
crazy good looks and power behind it, right? Than I can with this right here. I can go further. I can do more things. This thing's got shocks, so a speed bump isn't a big deal to me. I can ride up a hill easier rather than exerting my own energy. Some of you feel like you've just been exerting energy up a hill your entire life, and it's because God's going, you've been ignoring the power of the Holy Spirit, and you walk by Him every single day of your life. Quit trying to go up the hill with a scooter. Jump on the power of the Holy Spirit and let me show you what it's really all about. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our secret weapon. He empowers us to do things we never thought could actually happen. Jesus looks at him and he says, look, you will never even really be witnesses of me, full witnesses of my kingdom until the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Hear me. What if we haven't been able to reach our families and our friends not because we're not trying, but because we're not allowing the Spirit to, 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 to anoint it and to bless it before we do it. You hear me? What if I'm just giving out invites? What if I took every stack of invites I grab on Sunday mornings when I walk out of here and I said, Spirit, move over these invites and whoever grabs one, I pray, whoever I give one to, whoever hands it goes in, I pray that your Spirit would move in their life in such a way that it would draw them to Radiate Church because you're doing something. It would change things. The Spirit empowers and equips us to do things we never thought possible. Here's what the Holy Spirit does. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to produce the character of God within us. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to produce the character of God within us. We're going to look at that over the next couple of weeks. But I want you to walk out of here today and know this. The Spirit of God is already in you. You don't have to pray a prayer of God. Would you just send your Holy Spirit down on me? No, here's the prayer you need to pray. God, would you make me more aware of the Spirit within me? My Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians that uh, uh, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that lives within me and gives more life to my mortal body. Here's what that means. That the Spirit of God is already in me and I am nothing but dry bones until the Spirit of God comes in me and there's a breath that comes out of me and something lights up and it just bubbles out of me. I don't need Him to flow down. I need Him to bubble out. I need Him to come out of me from deep down in my belly. I need to flow in the Spirit of God in my life. I'm here to tell you, listen, you've tried it, I've tried it, we've tried it by ourselves. I'm tired of praying prayers like this. God, if it's your will, will you heal me? No, quit giving God a backdoor scapegoat. He don't need that. You begin to declare, God, you are healing. God, you are addictive freedom. God, you are all of these things. And I begin to declare that right now, over every one of us, healing will take place. Addiction will leave. Freedom will take place. Chains will break. When something rises up and gets hot within us, we start jumping and dancing a little bit. You know why? Because I can't hold it in. Well, God didn't answer my prayer last time I prayed that. Then keep praying it. God don't need a scapegoat. He don't need a back door. He needs some committed followers to go, you know what? I'm ready to jump on the power of the Holy Spirit and watch what my God can do in Kershaw County. Watch what my God can do in Elgin, South Carolina. Watch what God can do in my family. Watch what God can do in my friends. Watch what God can do in my church. Come on, somebody. God's not looking for a bunch of sissies that give him a back door. God's looking for some people, some warriors to stand up with chest bowed out and say in the power of the Holy Spirit, I begin to understand the depths of God. And it takes me further than it's ever been. 
Anybody. That's the presence of God. That's this Holy Spirit. Because here's what I'll tell you about me. Don't tell me you love me and then talk about the rest of my family. You don't love me if you don't love them. Because you ain't going to love me and not get them. And I think God's looking at some of us and going, quit talking about the rest of my family. You've called him weird. You've told him, thrown him to the side. You've done it. I think there's, a, there's something that's happening in the church today. I'm getting into something right now. There's, there's something's happening in the church today to where God's going, you've talked about him long enough, but you don't get me without him. You don't get the redemption without the power. You don't get the love without the power. It's all available, but you get all of us or none of us. Because most of you would go, don't talk about my mama. I don't even know your mama. You get me, you get her. You get me, you get my wife. You get me, you get my kids. Don't tell me you love me and then you talk junk about my church. How many of us have said, God, I love you, but that church over there is just doing these things. Stop it. God, I love you, but the Holy Spirit's just not for me. Stop it. God's wanting to reveal something to us today. That there's a power, there's a secret weapon that's available to every one of us that will change, hear me today, it will change the entire trajectory of your life. Because when I begin to understand, and I'm still trying to comprehend this, I don't have to work so hard to make God good. I don't even have to work so hard to for Him to accept me. He's looking at me and going, get off the scooter. I love you. I've given my son for you. I've forgiven you. I've redeemed you. And now I'm empowering you. I just need you to get off the scooter and unscrew the cap and let the power of the Holy Spirit do something in your life that will change your life forever. I need to know what to say to my boss. Holy Spirit, what do I need to say to my boss? need to know what to say to my kids. Holy Spirit, what do I need to say to my kids? He's got it. I'm on, I'm, I got to end because if not, I'll just go straight into the next two weeks. I just want you to know today, if you would, just stand to your feet with me. I just want to pray a very simple prayer today. And in fact, I want to challenge you to pray this prayer over yourself every day this week. And just pray this. Just say, dear God, make me aware of your presence today and let me walk in the power of your spirit. That's it. Every day this week, when you get it, when you wake up, before you walk out of the house, God, let me walk in the power of your spirit today. God, let me walk in the power of your spirit today. And I just want to pray over you this. God, make us more aware. Because some of you are going to have to go back and re-listen to it all to even grab some of it. And that's cool. But God, make us aware of your presence. Come on, let's just pray. God, please just make us aware of your presence today. Every person in the room, God, I pray that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our spirits, God, everything about us, and just let us be more aware of your spirit. Let us be more aware of your presence. God, it's not about perfection. It's not about weirdness and, and crazy things. God, here's what it's about. It's about walking in the empowerment of the spirit of God that unleashes your purpose and your promise and your greatness in us, and that's what we want to do. And so, God, I just pray on Pentecost Sunday that you would, you would just activate the Spirit of God within us in such a way that we can't walk the same that we walked before. 
And God, set us free. God, I thank you that you love us so much. As our Father, that you gave us a Savior to die for our sins, and that you gave us a Spirit that connects us to your heart. Thank you so much for that you see something in us that's going to change our lives forever, and we're going to change the lives of people we're connected to forever because the Spirit of God is rising up within us, and you're going to do amazing things today. And if you believe that, would you put your hands together and just shout amen with me today. Come on, Lord. Amen.